You're listening to episode number 16 of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where we talk about one of the biggest saboteurs of your weight loss process, and I guarantee it's not what you think. I'm master at life and weight loss coach Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hey, welcome back to another episode. So we are getting back into our taboo topics, and I wanted to talk about this one in particular because I feel like it can be such a secret saboteur of our weight loss goals and dreams and this vision that we have for our life and where it's going. And it's something that's often not talked about in the weight loss setting as much as far as I can really tell. It feels like it's more in the kind of entrepreneurial self-development type of space and some other areas, but I really wanna talk about this because this can really hose us when it comes to weight loss, even though it's not something we're probably thinking about or very conscious and aware of. And that is our relationship to money. That is the secret saboteur. That is really what is getting us is money and our relationship to it. And by relationship, what I mean is simply our thoughts about money. So we have a relationship to money, just like we have a relationship to food, to fitness, to our bodies, to ourselves. And that means that we have thoughts about it. That's what creates that relationship. And so just like with our bodies, our weight, size, shape, like thoughts about money were downloaded when we were five, six, seven years old. So we pick up these ideas around what it means to be worthy and loved and accepted in a community, what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong. We learn about our bodies and what's good and bad there. Just like with money, we learn from that very young age what's good, what's bad. We have these thoughts and these beliefs that we adopt from people in our lives. Now, some of you have grown up with a very healthy relationship to money, and if that's you, that's great. But for the rest of us, we all likely have money stories. We're probably full of them. And oftentimes it, can, it comes with negative thoughts and negative feelings about money. And so I want to dive into this. And we're talking about money this week in particular, because along with these kind of taboo topics of sex and money and kids and parenting, we have a lot of emotions around it. So we get very emotional about these things throughout our days, throughout the weeks or years. And this will lead to emotional eating if we do not start to solve the root issue. So while I can help you say no to food in the moment, we also want to be looking at what is truly driving this desire, because sometimes it is oh, I have a cookie and I want more, but we want to look at what is driving that desire for more. What's really driving that desire for the cookie to begin with? There's nothing like right or wrong, good or bad about this. We just want to start to understand and identify what is the pattern and bring some awareness to that. And so in solving some of our overeating and emotional eating habits, we have to look at why am I reaching for food and starting to look at not only how do I make it easy to say no, how do I make say no from a place of self-love and because I am focused on my goals and I'm doing it for me, this is not something I'm taking away. Saying no does not always have to be depriving. I want to look at how do I say no for me and in a way that feels loving and compassionate 
But I also want to look at what is driving this desire to begin with, which means we've got to look at some of the big reasons why couples fight, why we're stressed. Money is often number one or number two. You've got money, sex, kids, or parenting. Those are the big three that we fight about in life, that we have stress about. So that's really why I want to be talking about money today. And I think it's not a conversation that is often had in the weight loss space. And it should be. It really should be. And so we talk about it and think about it from like personal finance and savings and investing. And it's like, oh, well, money is over there. Money doesn't impact me over here or money doesn't impact my weight loss journey. But I'm going to explain to you how it does and how it can be sabotaging that journey as well. So these are not all of my thoughts and feelings personally, but I wanted to include some of what I find to be most common. But we learned from very early on what to think about money. So maybe you learned that making money is hard, right? Like you've got to work hard for your money. You've got to pay your dues. Maybe it's that you've got to start small. I'm sure Many, if not all of you, have heard the term or the phrase, money doesn't grow on trees. Where do you think money comes from? It does not come easily. It does not just grow and fall out of the sky. Maybe you were told as a kid or even as an adult, (laughs) we don't have money for that. We don't have enough money. That's too much money. That's too expensive. People with money are evil and they take advantage of others. Not only do we have thoughts about money, we have thoughts about people with money. We often think about how people should be spending their money, what they should be doing, or if only they did this, then all the problems in the world would be solved. Maybe there were thoughts around, like, you have expensive taste. Maybe it's you're expensive. There can be a variety of these these different phrases, and I'm sure there are some that I missed, but these thoughts are what drives the feelings. So if we go back to the thought model, we have a circumstance. It could be the number in the bank. And we have thoughts about it that drive our feelings. So you might feel greedy whenever you spend money or whenever you have money or for wanting more. You might feel uncomfortable. Maybe there's discontentment. There could be scarcity or a sense of urgency around money. If there's not being enough, I need to constantly be making more. So let's look at how money relates to us today. And I want to talk first about how it impacts our self-worth, and then we'll look at the weight loss journey. But I thought this was really interesting because studies have shown that our net worth is impacted by our self-worth. So the more that you value yourself, the higher your self-esteem, the more likely it is that you will make more money. This is not a hands-down rule across the board, but there there are connections and there's this relationship between the higher your self-worth, the higher your net worth. The the more money you make, the more investment options you have, like the more value you have in the world. So this might be because maybe you ask for a raise. Maybe you apply for a new job or you apply for that promotion. You put yourself out there because you value yourself higher. You share ideas. You get noticed more in the office. You pursue opportunities that will make more money. Maybe you go after a job. You might be making 50000 and you go after the job to make 70000 when maybe some people wouldn't do that. They would look at it and think, oh, well, what you could never make that much money doing what you do. Maybe you feel comfortable and you, you feel confident doing these things, taking this action because you have higher confidence and self-worth. And so one problem that I see with this is that a lot of times 
as women in particular, I've noticed this the most, but there are, there are still some men out there where this happens too, but our confidence and our worthiness is really wrapped up in our body and our size, our shape, our weight. And we let that number dictate how we feel. So the number on my pants, the number on the scale, that is what dictates how worthy I am, how good of a person I am, how deserving I am. And so part of my process for helping clients with their body image, self-confidence, worthiness, actually stems from work I did with a money mindset coach a few years ago. And so it was really fascinating. I was asked a very simple question, but it really showed me the reality of how I had been living, this worldview and this belief that I had adopted. And so my coach asked, a scale from one to 10, how worthy do you feel of enjoying and achieving the things that you really desire? Or how worthy are you of having what it is that you truly want in life? And it's such a great question for us to think about and to ask ourselves, how worthy am I of having this life that I want to create? How worthy am I of having this job? How worthy do I feel of pursuing this? And back then, this was 2018, no, 2017. This was 2017. So this was several years ago. But I realized I was a two out of 10. I was so caught up and my value is based on how much money I bring in or it's my job title or it's a degree. It's how fast can I run? What's my size? What's my weight? What's the shape? Like how good do I look in a bikini? My worthiness was really wrapped up in the wrong things. It was really tied to my accomplishments or personal facts about me. The problem here was constantly striving for perfection and yet never feeling good enough. That's really where I was at war because it's not the number that was the problem. It was my thoughts about that number. It was my thoughts about my weight. It was my thoughts about my size. It was my thoughts about how I looked or my body composition. It was always my thoughts that were driving this. And I just started to see that it was impacting how worthy I felt of actually creating what I wanted in the world. So much of what I wanted was really tied to how I looked in the mirror. And underneath my nitpicking eyes that focused on all my flaws and everything that was wrong with me, I was never there. I was never enough. So the more that we can look at our worthiness in general and how it's impacted by our body, our size, our shape, our weight, we can start to look at how it impacts other areas of life. So how is this now impacting these other things? And so that's why we're talking about money because money is one of those big three. So as it relates to weight loss, there are a few key ways that our relationship to money impacts overeating, emotional eating, and our overall weight loss process. So number one, you're eating because you have thoughts about money that create feelings of stress, anxiety, fear, worry, and you're using food to distract you or to avoid these negative emotions. So you might have thoughts like, I don't have enough. It's hard to make money. It's hard to keep money. This idea of, I don't know where money is coming from. It doesn't grow on trees. I don't make enough. And this is one way that you are emotionally eating. So you are trying to avoid any stress, fear, anxiety, any worries that you have about money by eating. So it's our thoughts directly related to that stressor. And that's one that we might see and think of But you're also overeating with food specifically because of this thought of I don't want to waste it. 
This is still emotional eating because you are still trying to avoid a negative feeling. You are trying to avoid shame, guilt, maybe judgment, whether it's from yourself or what you think other people would be thinking or saying about you. But this specifically pertains to throwing away food and this idea of, I don't want to waste it. And so this sounds like, I better get my money's worth. I'm at a buffet and this buffet is $30 or $35. I'm, I'm going to get my money's worth. I'm going to make sure I eat until I am so stuffed. You might be thinking, I got to clean my plate. Maybe it's free or someone else paid for it. I should eat the whole thing. Somebody else paid for this $50 steak. They're starving children somewhere on the opposite side of the world. We have all of these thoughts, all of these things that lead to emotional eating by overeating. So again, going back to this idea of whether it's an expensive meal or it's a buffet, I want you to think about it. Sometimes we have a hard time maybe even throwing away that like $1 taco. (laughs) Once you're done and you're satisfied, we have a hard time throwing anything away. And it's this idea of wasting it. It might be eating the leftover bits of chicken nuggets and French fries that your kids eat. And you just kind of pick off their plates. Rather than throwing it away and throwing away those extras, you're nibbling off of what they have left over. And this is a common one. There's no shame here. There's no judgment. I just want to bring some awareness so that we can start to see how this is happening. Because I guarantee if you are continuously overeating because you don't want to waste food, so you are consuming more than what your body needs, you will not lose weight. It's not going to happen. We need to really get clear on why we are not losing weight. And if we want to learn how to lose weight eating the foods we love, we have to recognize what are the obstacles and what are the things standing in our way? Because it's not just about calories in, calories out. We've talked about that. (laughs) That's not the main piece here. It's that we have these permission-giving thoughts. We have these excuses and justifications as to why we should keep eating, even though we're satisfied. And a lot of it comes from this idea of, I don't want to waste the food. I need to get my money's worth out of it. It's free. So I either don't have to pay for it or somebody else paid for me. So I better not waste it now. Like I better make sure I get everything out of it. I don't want their money to go to waste. I need to clean my plate. Starving children somewhere. Like these are some big ones that we often use on ourselves. And I want to challenge you to really think if you have kids, have you used these on your kids? And it's okay if you have, but I just want to make sure that this is not just about how do you create the body you crave. This is really about how do we start to set a healthier example for those around us? How do we start to set a healthier example for our kids? And what I think is really a shame is that we choose to waste food eating it when we are already satisfied because we're so afraid that we might waste the food by throwing it away. I'm not throwing away entire meals for kicks and giggles. I'm talking about throwing away like those two to three bites of food because you're satisfied, you're done, you've had enough and being okay with it. Maybe it's not gonna taste as good tomorrow. Maybe you don't wanna take it home. Maybe it is literally two bites and it's not worth saving. Throw it away, it's okay. And I want you to really ask yourself, are you gonna throw away the food? Are you, would you rather throw away all your hopes and dreams about losing weight? Would you rather throw away living in the body that you loved? Or would you rather throw away those two, three bites of food? That's your choice. That's your option. We really have to look at this concept of wasting food because we are in this hyper-productive, hyper-efficient, hyper-scarce society 
and we've grown up with a lot of thoughts around food and money that have really flown under the radar for probably decades. So all of this is going on. And we are told that we don't waste time. We don't waste money. We don't waste energy. We talk about like, oh, we have to be hyper-focused and hyper-productive. And there is no waste. We have this idea of even just this term of wasting it. Like, oh, that was such a waste of time. What an emotionally charged sentence. Just the word waste is so emotionally charged. There's automatically like guilt and shame attached to it. At least for me, I get that sense. And I know there are some of you out there who have that feeling too. So are you willing to put those two or three bites in the trash? Are you going to tell yourself a different story? Are you willing to throw that away, throw away the food? Or would you rather throw away your goals? Are you going to waste all of the opportunity here that you have to lose weight because you are so terrified of wasting food? We really need to change the way that we think about waste because to overeat food is to waste it. You can waste food in the trash or you can waste it on your ass. Those are your options. Talked about that with my friend Ann Bonnie in her podcast. We'll link to that in the show notes as well if y'all want to go check that one out. We can waste food. We can waste it in our own bodies by overconsuming. That is still waste. And not only are we wasting food, we're also throwing away our dreams at the same time. I know, I'm gonna get off my soapbox now. (laughs) But I just want us to get really clear. We have a lot of thoughts and these things that really hold us back. And I'm not saying that you always have to throw away leftovers, that if you get a meal and it's bigger than what you wanted, that you have to throw it away. You do not. You can certainly box it up. You can take it to go. We just want to be mindful of why we're not doing that. Why are we not taking it to go? Why do we keep eating it? So I actually went through this. Gosh, this was, I think, back in February, March, maybe. It was earlier in the spring. I was just having an off day, terrible day, not feeling it. I was like, oh my gosh, Caleb, I do not trust myself in the kitchen. We're going out to breakfast. So I ordered an omelet. I think I had potatoes and maybe there was like, uh, a biscuit or English muffin. I don't remember exactly, but I had, or maybe it was turkey sausage. That's probably what it was. And so I had probably two bites left of the potatoes, two bites of the omelet, two bites of the of the sausage. And in, I remember there was a moment where I had thought, I think I've had enough. And I looked at my plate and I was like, well, this really isn't enough to take home. And I kept eating. And I don't know that I finished everything. I I probably left two bites total, but I had two bites of everything left when I recognized that I was satisfied. That's the thing here. We want to start to recognize when we've had enough and look at what are those permission-giving thoughts to keep eating. And one of it was, well, this isn't enough to take home, so I might as well finish the omelet. I really need to make sure I get in enough protein and veggies. I am nursing after all. I need to make sure I get in the protein. Let me eat the sausage. I may have left the potatoes. I don't quite remember exactly, but I ended up overeating, even though it was only a few bites, I could still tell, oh, you know what? I could have stopped earlier and I would have been fine. And I could have either thrown the food away or asked for a little box. But I remember thinking this isn't really enough to take home. And so we just want to start to recognize what are these thoughts? This is what we need to be on the lookout for. This is the awareness that we need to have. And just even tuning into our bodies and seeing a lot of times we are going to find what satisfied feels like, what enough feels like when we eat. There are going to be days when we eat a little bit less. 
And there are going to be days when we eat a little bit more. And that's part of how we find this enough is eating too much and realizing, oh, you know what? I probably could have stopped there. What were some of the cues? What did I not listen to? How can I trigger my brain or trigger myself next time to stop? That's all we want to do here. But we need this awareness. We need to start to look for all of these thoughts and thoughts about food, thoughts about money, thoughts about throwing it away. That's what we want to be focused on. So when I started intermittent fasting a few years ago, I quickly noticed how much I would snack and munch on food as I was making it. Not because I was hungry, but because it was there. I remember like at the time I was a nanny. So whether I was making lunch for the kids or making a snack, or if I was preparing maybe my lunch for myself or lunch for hubby in the morning before he went off to work. And especially if it was something like fruit, I, I wouldn't eat like a whole bagel per se, but if it was little chips or crackers, it would be like a couple little things. And it was just these little snacks and it was like, oh, it's there. And it became really easy to just snack on it. And so I was really resistant to intermittent fasting. I started doing it because I was diagnosed with uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS. I'll do a whole separate episode on that. But I was trying it to see if this would help to regulate blood sugar, if it would help with the cysts and decreasing the insulin resistance, which was why I was having cysts on my ovaries, and if it would help to balance out my monthly hormone cycles. And so it was really just an experiment in that regard. I was also thinking, oh, well, maybe this would also help me lose weight. So that was also in the back of my mind. And it was interesting because there may have been some internal markers that changed and I didn't do any testing before or after, so I don't have a big clear view, but I actually didn't lose weight by doing intermittent fasting because I was still overeating all throughout the afternoon. So even though I wasn't eating breakfast, I was just eating lunch. And even though sometimes lunch might be at one or two o'clock, I still was overeating at lunch. And then I was snacking throughout the evening, maybe eating dinner, having dessert, and I was still over-consuming food. Anyways, we're not talking about that specifically, but it's just, it's good for us to start to realize how some of this is just a habit. It's like with the kids' food, if instead of throwing out the kids' food, it can be such a habit of, oh, I just finish it for them. And I want you to really think about why. What is the thought? Is it that I don't want to waste it? Or is it something else? That's going to be so powerful in really identifying where it is that you need to focus your time and attention. We really want to make sure that we're solving the right problem. Like if there is a problem in weight loss or with your process, we want to make sure that we are solving the right problem. And for many of us, it's our thoughts. That's what we actually have to solve. So thoughts about food, thoughts about throwing food away, about it being wasteful, about it being bad. It's not something you want to do. We pick these ideas up as kids. We learn this. What ends up happening is that we end up overeating. So we want to eat it so that we don't waste it. And then we have these two competing thoughts that we keep wrestling with. You want to lose weight, but you also don't want to be wasteful. You don't want to throw food away. You don't want to waste your money, right? We can often think, oh, it's not just the the food that I'm throwing away. It's the money that I'm throwing away. And because of our money thoughts and our money stories and these bigger beliefs and ideals that we have about money, about how it's scarce, it doesn't grow on trees, it's hard to come by, I have to beg for it. Because of these things, it impacts our food and how much we eat. So we go back to that same kind of mentality of scarcity and lack and not having enough around money and with food, which then often gets internalized as I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not pretty enough. There is an enoughness factor here that we are lacking. I am not enough. 
I don't have enough. It's I don't have enough money. Therefore, I'm not good enough. I am not enough. So there's a lot of our value and worthiness, I think, that's also not just placed on our bodies, but also on money. Have you ever felt guilty for spending money on yourself? Because we need to talk about both. We want to look at the thoughts specifically around food and how money impacts food. But we also want to look at our thoughts about money and how that impacts the overall guilt and shame and judgment we feel in life. Especially as a mom, I feel like this has come up a lot and with all my mom friends. We feel guilty for spending money on ourselves because we feel like we should be spending that money on the kids. It's basically what it comes down to. Or I should be spending this money on something that would be for the family. How often do you feel guilty for spending money on a massage or getting your nails done, for spending money on something that only you could use or only you would enjoy? It's not going to be something that's going to help you cook or clean or do something around the house. We're talking about something that only you would enjoy. Let's say it's a new sewing machine or new craft supplies. And then sometimes there's guilt about, well, you could have donated that. You could have given that to the church. You could have spent that on your kids. You could have spent it on the family. You should have saved it. And we have this zero-sum game when it comes to spending money. I think it's women, it's moms. If I spend money on myself, it automatically takes away from those in my family and or it directly hurts them. So anytime I go to get a massage, it hurts Caleb and it detracts from his life. It's kind of this theory. Or it hurts because now I can't buy him new pajamas because he hit a growth spurt because I went and got a massage yesterday. Those are all thoughts. The guilt, the shame, the judgment. That is all optional because it comes from our thoughts. We choose to let other people dictate how we feel. They don't make us feel anything. We let them impact our feelings with the thoughts that their thoughts that they share with us that then we might adopt. So there was a really funny episode of Friends and I... I'm such a huge Friends fan, uh, and I love watching the reruns. Could probably quote many of the episodes, but there is this one holiday episode where Monica has on this nice outfit, and she finds Phoebe out front of a store ringing the bell for the Salvation Army collecting donations. They start t- talking, and Phoebe's like, oh, hey, would you like to donate? So Monica says, sure, and she drops in a few coins. And then Phoebe looks at her up and down and is like, oh, is that a new suede jacket? And Monica's sheepishly looking at her now like, oh, uh, yeah, it is. Let me donate some more. And then Phoebe's like, oh, yeah, did you just get your nails done? So Monica again looks around and is like, oh, yeah, gives her some more. And it keeps going back of she feels guilty for having spent money on herself, for having bought a new jacket, for buying things for herself. Then it's like, fine, just take it all. Take all my money. Take it. Take everything that's in here. And when we feel guilty for spending money on ourselves, for spending time on ourselves, for doing any kind of self-care activity that we enjoy, Cue the emotional eating. Of course we're going to be eating when we feel like crap. Of course I'm going to feel terrible. If my worldview is if I get a massage, I can't buy clothes for my child, of course I'm never going to go get a massage because it's always this either or. It's all or nothing. This is another way that the all or nothing thinking really sabotages us. You know what? There are many saboteurs. (laughs) Money is just one of them. The other one is probably all or nothing thinking. That one really hoses us. That one really gets us down. This idea that I can't do both, right? That if I spend money on myself, it is hurting the family. It is hurting other people. It is detracting from their quality of life. When really I could be looking at how do I get a cheaper massage? Can I buy a three pack and get a discount? Can I go someplace with a monthly membership? How can I get the massage and still buy 
my kid jammies. We can get very creative. Can I get somebody who has clothes that maybe their child has grown out of and get some hand-me-downs? Can I go to a thrift or consignment store or a Plato's Closet, like one of the used clothing stores where you can buy oftentimes brand new clothes for super cheap? Just because I go get a massage, just because I do something that I enjoy and I spend money on myself on something that only I would enjoy. That's why I'm using massage here as an example. But just because I choose to do that doesn't mean that Caleb's life is any worse. He's still going to get jammies. He's still going to get clothes. That's not a problem. But we really have to look at how often are we feeling guilty for spending money on ourselves, for spending time on things that really just bring us joy, that benefit us. Guilt doesn't come from the action, the shame, the judgment. It does not come from the act of getting the massage, of doing the hobby, of buying something new. It comes from your thoughts. And often it's going to come from a lot of shoulds about where the money should go, how it should be spent, or it's old thoughts about maybe that's greedy. Maybe that's selfish. It's selfish to spend money on yourself like that. Right? Again, goes back to this all or nothing kind of approach. So we really want to start to understand what are the beliefs? We need to get awareness around what are these thoughts? What are these beliefs? And where did they come from? So this is a great opportunity for us to really start to, from a place of compassion, I want to add, really think about, does this come from your mom or your dad? Maybe it's your grandma or your grandpa. Who do you think this came from? And honestly, take a look at what were the circumstances? What were the situations? What were your parents going through? How are they living? What were your grandparents going through? Because the reality is, for many of our our parents or grandparents, they were coming out of the Depression era. If they didn't live through it themselves, they were just after, but they were coming out of this time where they did not know where food was going to come from next. It was literally eat now because we don't know where the next meal is coming from. Of course, they're going to want you to clean your plate. Of course, they're not going to want you to throw food away. Of course, they're going to take even the last two bites and put them in a Ziploc bag and throw them in the fridge. Of course, that's going to be their approach because of any kind of trauma they lived through. And by identifying these thoughts and where they came from, we can then decide whether or not we want to keep them, whether or not these are serving us, or if we need to take a different approach or a different perspective to money and to food. This is the type of work that I help clients with. It's really understanding and uncovering all of these often subconscious thoughts, habits, patterns, and why we do the things we do. So part of really understanding why we are reaching for food is to understand what the thoughts are that is driving that behavior. And we've got to look at thoughts, not just of food, but of these fears of these other things around us. So really looking at Things like money or sex or relationships or parenting or your kids and these different aspects. This is what it's all about. This is how we don't just create the body we crave, but the life that we absolutely love. We've got to marry these two approaches together. And if you'd like my help in really uncovering and identifying what might be sabotaging your specific weight loss journey, then I would love to chat. So the way to get on my calendar is to visit bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule. You'll find all my open availability. You'll be able to find a day and time that works best for you. And all you have to do is book in. You answer a couple of questions. And then that really primes us and sets us to spend that hour together really diving into and understanding where are you now? Where do you want to go? And 
what are the obstacles in between? And I'll show you how to develop a roadmap that'll help you bust through all of those obstacles and get you where you want to go better, faster, easier, right? Because creating the body you crave isn't going to mean a thing if you cannot maintain it. Nobody wants to go through the hassle of gaining and losing that same 10, 20, 30 pounds over and over again. We've got to address and change the habits, but in order to do that, we have to understand why we're reaching for that food, why we keep overeating, why we're emotionally eating. This is what it's all about. This is how we solve that problem. This is how we really focus on eating the foods we love and losing weight at the same time. So if you'd like my help, then I would love to chat. All right. Well, I have an awesome guest on Friday. She is a money mindset coach. And so we're going to dive more into money beliefs and thoughts and different things that we have grown up with. And I know this will be enlightening for you as well. So I will see you on Friday. Here's to creating the body and life you crave. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.